You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Therapy Podcast. Welcome to episode number two. We're going to be talking today about self-health, self-wealth, self-understanding, self-sanity. I like self-sanity. The idea that we're discussing today is we all want to help other people. We have people in our lives, we have, whether you're a therapist, who have actually people coming to you with that directive that, please, I'm here for help and here's the issue that I need you to help me with. Or just someone who you see in the morning and you, you know, a colleague and he says, you know, you say good morning and he doesn't give you a good morning back. He's like, how you doing? And he's like, okay, getting by, making it work, surviving. Stop surviving, start living. Why? What, there, that, that is the loudest call that someone will give you outside of a therapist's office. Just a lack of excitement in life. So, how can we prepare ourselves to be able to help other people? Now, we know you can't love others until you love yourselves. And you can't help others until you help yourself. The most incredible thing I thought when we started out in our master's program was not the focus on others. And I, I went in, I was like, you know what, let's go help. We're going like, to run into an emergency room and cure everyone, right? But the first thing you have to focus on when you're going in to help is yourself. You have to be first priority. Otherwise, you're going to be giving damaged aid. It's, it's like an, an, an injured Red Cross soldier showing up at the, at the front you know, to try to bandage people, but he's missing a limb. You know, he doesn't have a leg or an arm, and and his band-aids are, oh, uh, I don't know. Fill in the rest of the blank. The point is that we need to be properly, um, properly trained and properly geared and ready to be able to help others. The first step that we can do. Um, is create a strong foothold for ourselves. We have to know who we are, understand ourselves, and be in a healthy mindset. Otherwise, there's a danger to the client because you're not helping him the way that you can. There's a danger to your friend because you might give him really bad advice. If I'm struggling with 
my my foul shot. And someone asks me some tip in basketball about, you know, he's struggling with his dribbling or his crossover. And I tell him, oh, you know, you really uh, you have to dribble a few times and take a deep breath before you take your shot. That is it's just incoherent. It's not going to help him. I have to be able to get out of my mind, be, a, be able to push aside everything that has been Everyone has something going on in their mind, but you have to at least be able to push it aside, have that strength and clarity and mindfulness to be able to focus on the issue that is being presented to you and not the issues that are tornadoing through your head at that moment. First tip that I would offer would be meditation. And the reason why I pause before I introduce meditation is because it sounds scary. It sounds weird and like holistic and like deep in India, shaving our heads and standing on mountains on our tippy toes and humming. That's not what meditation is. Uh, we try to define things on this podcast and let's define meditation today. Meditation is concentration it's the it's the art of thought it's the art of being in touch with your mind focusing when you want to look at a flower so most people don't look at flowers you walk by a flower you buy them you hand them to your your loved one and we're good but some people next level up will actually walk over to a flower and like focus on it. like wow that is beautiful look at the colors the layers the aroma the contrasts even when you put your full focus on a on a flower you're trying to take it all in there's interference let me demonstrate what this interference looks like if you close your eyes close your eyes with me for a minute you'll see an entire light show go blaze in front of you. It's dark, but there are lights flashing. Right and left, it's kaleidoscopic, it's delightful. When you open your eyes, you won't see those lights anymore. That's not because the lights went away, it's simply that the energy that's being drawn, that's being pushed actually into your eyes, the light, from outside of your eyes is far stronger than that light show that's happening right now. So essentially everything that you're looking at is being combined with that little light show that's happening inside always. If you want to really take in everything that this flower has to offer and just apply flower to everything that you will be experiencing in your life. Everything that you see, everything you hear, you smell, you taste, everything you use your senses to to, to experience you have to be able to push away all other interference in order to get the full impact. It's like listening to a radio station. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can even do this anymore, but in the old radios, they had those knobs and you had to like kind of turn until you get to your station. And if you don't take the time to get it exactly on your, you know, 104.7 and a half, then you're going to get the interference of either the crackliness of nothing on either side of your broadband or you're going to be getting a little bit of the next radio station in. 
you're not going to get every note that's going to be played on that station. You're not going to hear the words. You're not going to be able to get the full experience. Same thing with us. We, our senses are picking up the waves, the radio waves around us, and there's always interference constantly. The moment you wake up, if the first thing you do is look at your phone, then you just you just injected interference into your daily experience before you even started experiencing anything. Meditation is the activity where we clear away all of the interference, where we put our entire, entire sense, our entire mind and focus and energy and presence into what we really want to be taking in and avoid everything else. Multitasking is is one of those things that is a very, very appealing lie. It's a facade. It's a mirage. You're not... It, it, it feels like, at first, I'm accomplishing five, ten things at once, two, three things at once. I have 50 tabs open. Do you see what I am? I am busy. I'm so busy. And we are the busiest generation that this world has ever seen. And it, it's probably not going to get better. Why are we so busy? We have so many, so many appliances, so much help, so much at our fingertips that should be making our lives easier and should be taking away all of the busyness, all the stress, all the, the things that we don't have to do. No one, when was the last time you went out to carry water? When was the last time you cooked up some water to have a warm bath? When was the last time you cut down wood so you could have a fire so that you wouldn't freeze during the winter or so that you can cook dinner tonight? We don't have to do any of that stuff. And yet, we are far busier than those people who did. Multitasking does not give you better results. Good results. If you want to attain and accomplish the most possible out of any activity, pick one thing that you're doing. You can prioritize it, do the most important one first, do the most urgent one first, however you want to. That's uh, Stephen Covey's First Things First. In the, the four quadrants, if you guys are familiar with that, maybe we'll talk about that in another podcast. The... The thing that you are out to tackle, this journey, this activity, this project should be the only thing on your mind and everything else will try creeping in, but gently push it out. Tell it, now is not your time. I have to make dinner and I have to uh, do homework. I'm not hungry now. So I'm going to do my homework first. Let's say, okay? Now, I sit down to do my homework and in the back of my mind is like, okay, well, dinner's coming up. Yes, dinner is coming up. Don't do your homework while you cook dinner. That won't give you your A plus on your assignment. Do homework and nothing but homework. And when, when you know, dinner recipes start popping into your head and, okay, do I need to go shopping? They're invited, but tell them, wait. I heard a fantastic tip for controlling our uh, desire to multitask. Give it a shot, and I really want to know what you guys think. Let me know if this worked. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. When dinner pops in, don't say, dinner, now's not your time. Now is homework time. Get out of here. Because now you're addressing dinner. You can't give it too much attention, because otherwise he just took up rent in your mind. What you do 
the first, the easiest thing you could do is to gently push it out. Gently, just let it, just gently push it out. That's how it's described. You're not shoving it because that's already giving it attention. You slowly just push it out. But this is more of a, a technical, ta- tactical way of approaching it. Take dinner. This idea that's that's attacking your mind. It's really, it's an invasion. And assign it a shape. Assign it a shape and a color. We're doing homework now. That is the center stage. That is the middle of the desk. There are things around my desk. And they want to jump into the middle. They want to jump under my quill. We take dinner and we call it an orange circle. And picture that orange circle in your head labeled dinner. And you can talk to it. This is, this is your mind and you should be addressing it. There is no person in this world who should be subjugated to his mind. And if you feel like you are, then have a word with your mind and tell him who's in charge. Talk to this orange circle called dinner and tell him, now's not your time. I'll get to you in a minute. As soon as I'm done homework, you're up next. Take orange circle, put it on the side of the desk, in your mind. And then go back to your frontal cortex. Go back to your the center of your mind, the, the focus to, your, to, this, to what you are putting your full attention on to and anything else that pops in. Color, shape, triangle, blue triangle. Okay, you are, make a phone call. Again, side of the desk. You're a little later on. Maybe you'll be after dinner. Again, and this way they're all addressed. They were, uh, they had their attention that they desperately begged of you. And you can move on to your full focus, your full attention, your meditation on homework. Has any teacher ever told you to meditate on homework? And I'm asking you, why not? Why not meditate on absolutely everything you do? When you sit down to do a podcast, meditate on it. It can mean take a few breaths, clear your mind, and realize without doing any of the deep meditation and experiencing four dimensions. I'm just talking about realizing what I'm doing now and giving it my utmost full attention and making sure, gently, that nothing else is robbing my attention. Okay, I think you have a pretty well-rounded understanding of what we're talking about when we say meditation. Um, We have our definition, and now let's see how we can put it into practice. So to do it ourselves, I think we understand. You sit down, you take that moment before you start your activity, and whether it's 30 seconds of breathing or 10, 20 minutes of deep thinking and preparation, that we could do ourselves. You can teach this to a client also. You can teach this to a friend. If you're having a conversation with someone and you feel like they can gain from meditation, then teach them simple methods. Take a few moments and take and, and just breathe. Focus on your breathing. You understand that when you focus on your breathing, you're taking a piece of your subconscious. You don't focus when you breathe. You just do it. If you didn't, That'd be very dangerous. We, we, we breathe by ourselves. Our mind, just along with our heart beating, we just breathe. And when you start focusing and controlling that, you just took a handful of your subconscious and dumped it in your conscious mind. You are now in, in, that, in control of that entire section of your subconscious. And that's just the window 
where you're going to move into the rest. Here are a few signs that you can keep your eye out for, for when you spot in someone else or even in yourself. When you see any of these things, then you can safely prescribe meditation. And of course, there's no, there's no downside to it. Number one, if you, if you see that he's not aware of his stress levels. He doesn't realize that he's, that he's being stressed out. No one ever pointed it out to him. He, it's not on his radar. Then you want to inculcate into his consciousness, into his, his daily thinking, to be aware of what he's feeling. Number two, if you see someone who doesn't seem to have any time for himself, Everything is either helping others or my, my schedule is just jam-packed. Then he can gain so much from even a moment's meditation. Number three, if you see that he's too involved in the things that he's doing or multitasking. We spoke about multitasking. If you realize that this is a man who, number four, he needs to be constantly busy. And you can see his mind rushing when there's nothing to run towards. Meditate. And number, what are we up to? Five? Anxiety. If you see that he's anxious. And not at ease. He can't close his eyes comfortably. He can't spend a minute by himself and just enjoy his own presence, meditate. And last, if you, can, if you can see that he's focusing way too much on achievements. Focusing is a good thing. That's what meditation is for. But if his focus is entirely sold and um, overridden by what he's trying to achieve, whether it's uh, reaching a certain social status, a fame, making, making a certain amount of money, then he has to reassess. That's where meditation comes in. The University of Wisconsin um, may, did a study on meditation and they found that meditation makes a positive difference in your brain. In fact, it could even increase your gray matter. That's the good stuff in your brain. You can, you can change yourself physically. You can physically be advancing your mind by taking these moments we're not talking about even chunks every day. The more you do it, the more of an effect you will feel. But even just these few moments to begin to be aware of yourself, of your mind, your thoughts. And when you spend more time with your brain, it develops your brain. So it really makes sense that your brain will develop and you will actually be physically growing your mind. It's been said that people are not born with good memories People are born smart. People are not born with good memories. And in fact, many, many people who have fantastic memories weren't given that. They acquired it. They got it themselves. They worked and taught themselves tricks and techniques and reviewed and invested to actually be able to attain that for themselves. You can grow your mind. And meditation is some, some way, it's like a passive way of growing your mind. You're not injecting it with anything. You're just letting it breathe. So take advantage of these moments and let your mind do its thing. Don't over-clutter it. Don't get it too involved in anything. 
Always keep your eye on the prize. Realize where you're going. One tip that I once saw a therapist use fantastically is, and it's really, a, it is a form of meditation when the client is sitting there and he's uh, you clearly suffering from anxiety, but he doesn't necessarily know that. It's not always the best move to tell them right now you are suffering from anxiety. You could say, oh, um, in the past you have been, ha- have you experienced anxiety? But if you want them to become aware, aware of it themselves, which is your best shot with anything ever, if you ever want anyone to change, you can't change them. Let them figure it out why they should change and how to do it themselves and then set them on their way. So the idea is when they're sitting in front of you, tell them to describe where their body is. Become aware of what's happening. My hand's on an armrest. Feel your arm on an armrest. And that's something that you've been feeling the whole time. The hand was lying on there. But now your mind is paying attention to it. Little things. What's the temperature like in here? I'm going to put a link below for a mini-series that I made on meditation. Three-minute meditations. Check it out. Anyone has the time to meditate for three minutes just to gather your thoughts together and see how it feels. The, the things that your mind is taking in subconsciously, set their mind to it now and actively think about the things that you're subconsciously thinking about. This way you take over your entire mind and you can really see a tremendous growth in that. So I hoped that we covered meditation to at least some degree. Again, please send me your comments, questions, and feedback, and we could share it um, in future podcasts. My email is askmetherapy at gmail.com. It is spelled the way those words are spelled. And thank you so much for listening. Share with a friend, subscribe, and give us awesome reviews and all that good stuff. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.